Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. to the Lord for his goodness. Amen. Well, we're going to continue this morning with the theme that pastor has been ministering on the last few weeks, born again to fight. And if you would turn in your Bible, there's a lot of echo. In Judges chapter 3, if you would stand for the reading of God's word. Hallelujah. We're going to start at verse 1. Now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them, even as many of Israel as had not known all the wars of Canaan, only that the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war, at the least such as before knew nothing thereof. Namely, five lords of the Philistines and the Canaanites and the Sidonians and the Hivites that dwelt in Mount Lebanon from Mount Baal Hermon unto the entering of Hamath. And they were to prove Israel by them to know whether they would hearken unto the commandments of the Lord, which he commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. And the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And they took their daughters to be their wives and gave their daughters to their sons, and they served their gods. Over the past few weeks, pastors drawn analogies from the different eight people that God allowed to remain in the land and how we can apply it to our life today. And we're going to continue that today. And I've given my thoughts this morning the subtitle of Learn from the Eight People. Learn from the Eight People. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, for your grace and your mercy. Pray, God, that you anoint my lips of clay, bring revelation to your people, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. To give some background to Judges 3, the Bible tells us that because of the disobedience of the Israelites and their lack of faith and trust in the God who had brought them out of Egypt, the adult generation who came out of Egypt never entered into Canaan, but they all died in the wilderness. Pastor ministered on the power of words over the past few weeks. The generation that died in the wilderness allowed their fear to override their faith. They allowed their fear to cause them to miss out on the destiny God had for them. When the 12 spies came back from scouting the land of Canaan, 10 of them gave, the, gave an evil report to Moses and the rest of the people. How quickly they forgot the way God had mightily delivered them from the plagues in Egypt. How quickly they'd forgotten the parting of the Red Sea. How easily did they ignore the cloudy pillar by day and the fiery pillar by night. In response to this evil report, Numbers 14.2 reads, And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, 
Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt or would God we had died in this wilderness? Sadly, their words were fulfilled. So basically, all those who were 19 and under when they left Egypt had to wait until everyone over 20 died before they could cross Jordan into the promised land. Imagine that. I guess that still happens today, people waiting for their parents to die to get their inheritance. The older generation failed the younger generation. They failed to teach them the Shema of Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy mind. They failed to example to the younger generation obedience and trust and faith in Jehovah. They failed to teach them the reason God brought their ancestors out of Egypt. God desired to make of them his own nation, his own people, to be in relationship with him. They failed to teach them not to intermarry with the people who served other gods and who didn't value the God of their ancestors. They failed to teach them how to fight. And because they failed to teach them how to fight, God left the Ite people in the land of Canaan. So they found themselves dwelling in the midst of all these Ite people. And we will look at two of them today. The first tribe of people we will explore today are the Perizzites. The Perizzites were a people that dwelt in the open country. They lived in unwalled towns or villages, in unprotected dwelling places. All throughout the Bible we read, that the way that tribes protected themselves was to build walls around their towns or villages which had one gate by which you entered into the town or left the town. This was not only for their protection but also so both the, living, the people living in the town and those outside of the town were aware of what belonged to those within the town walls. This is commonly called boundaries. Boundaries are very common in our society and many times how we function day to day, we wouldn't even realise or recognise there is a boundary there. Typical everyday boundaries can be the white unbroken line that we see on the road which guides us to stay on the left side of the road or when not to overtake because it would be too dangerous. The railings around steep hills and cliffs are boundaries to protect those near them. Rivers, mountain ranges, deserts are all boundaries. The most common boundary we see every day are fences or gates around homes or businesses. They let you know what belongs to those inside the boundary and to keep unwanted visitors out. Human beings also need boundaries. God instituted boundaries even before he created man on the earth. Job 26.10 says he created the horizon when he separated the waters. He set the boundary between day and night. And from the very beginning of humanity, when he put Adam in the Garden of Eden, he put a boundary around the tree of good and evil. Adam and Eve had the most beautiful place on the earth to live and could eat and couldn't eat from any tree, all trees except one. But that was the one they could not 
stay away from. And sadly, we as humans have not changed. Ever seen the sign or something that says wet paint, do not touch? So what do we do? We want to prove that. We touch it to see if it's wet or not. Or just because somebody says you can't have something, you do everything you can to get it. Because the parasites had no boundaries and lived without walls. They were unprotected from any attacks from the enemy, from the thieves and from wild animals. They had no boundary to be able to determine what belonged to them and what didn't. I can imagine the parasites lived in a constant state of fear. When will the enemy strike? Who will come and steal from me? This is what Proverbs 25, 28 says. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Let us learn a lesson from the Ike people today. The parasites were unprotected. And when you and I lack self-control or boundaries in our life, we too are unprotected from the attacks of the enemy, who the Bible says has come to steal, kill and destroy from us. Amen. Boundaries, especially as a Christian, are vital for us to live a, Christian, a victorious Christian life. There is no greater experience than to journey through life having a relationship with Jesus. Amen. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, today is a day that you can come to God and start that relationship with Him. There is no other greater experience than that. Amen. But our Christian life requires us to put boundaries and limitation upon ourselves. Why? Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We cannot be like the parasites and maintain our spiritual walk without boundaries and without obedience to God's word. That will lead to a life in constant fear of how will I protect myself against the enemy. Without boundaries, we won't know when to say no, stop or to resist the temptations that we face. When I have boundaries in my life, they define who I am, what I will do and what I won't, what I will say and what I won't, where I will go and where I will not go. As disciples of Jesus, it is important that we create and keep boundaries in every area of our life, spiritual, physical, emotional, to guard our minds, our hearts, our spirits from the enemy, from others and even from ourselves sometimes. So what type of boundaries do I need to have in my life as a Christian? Boundaries around our spiritual disciplines, the demands of life, our family, social media, and the enemy of our soul will always try and steal away the daily time you spend with God and his word. Set a boundary around it. There's that old saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Guard your time with the Lord. You may need to shift your thinking about how important it is every single day to spend time in God's presence. Meeting with God and reading God's word must be a daily priority in my life if I am to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of my flesh. Amen. You and I need
need a boundary around that. Nobody, you may have family that live with you, but you are accountable to yourself to maintain that boundary. That no one's going to know maybe if you don't spend time with God or if you don't read his Bible every day. But you know and God knows and the enemy knows. So my encouragement to you is put a boundary around the time that you spend with God every day. There is nothing more important. Yes, there are things that demand our time, our children, our work, everything else that is around us. But we cannot, we must not stand aside from the time that we spend with God every single day. We have been fasting these last three weeks. And I know, you know, I doubt anybody has been fasting food for three weeks. We probably wouldn't be able to see you if you were. But try and do that even for a week, no food. See how you would go. See how weak you would become. What about our spiritual bread? What about our spiritual life? The more that we pull away from God, the weaker that our spiritual life becomes. And the things of this world close in. Put a boundary around the time, your daily time with the Lord. Boundaries around how we treat our bodies. Amen. <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to get too many amens on that one. We are responsible for taking care of our bodies. We are the temple of the Lord. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 1.22, the apostle reiterates this. He says, he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have the Spirit of God living within you. Amen. God has claimed you as his own. Don't abuse your body. God cares what you do with your body. Amen. Boundaries around our words. In the midst of pain or a tragedy, it is so easy to allow our words to condemn us. That's what occurred to the older Israelite generation. They proclaimed their own destiny through the words that they spoke because of their lack of faith and trust in God. David said in Psalm 141.2, Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That's a good prayer to pray. Amen. Guard my mouth, Lord. Help me not to say the things that I shouldn't say. Help me to be positive and encouraging from what comes out of this mouth. When you have a boundary around your spiritual disciplines, this will filter down to the words that you speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the Bible says, our mouth speaks. What is in your heart comes from what you put into it. Guard the words you speak about yourself, to yourself, about others and to others. By the words you speak, be a source of life rather than death. By the words of you, you speak, be an uplifter or rather, rather than a condemner. Be an uplifter through the words that you speak. Be an encouragement. Speak life into the life of those around you. Speak life into your own life. When you fail God, don't say, well, there you go, I'm a failure. No. 
what you did may have you may have failed in what you did but that doesn't make you a failure that makes you human and you need to speak to yourself well you failed Gina but get up claim the victory ask God to forgive you and move on rather than condemning yourself speak life hallelujah it's so amazing when in counseling people many times the words that were spoken to them as a child and their adults still resonate with them good and bad what we speak to others matters speak life put a boundary around it God I'm not going to say anything except good I'm not saying lie okay <laughs> but speak life amen boundaries around our finances be a good steward of what God has given us boundaries around what you watch listen to read and where you go you may think that's too restrictive where is the joy in doing all that our joy comes from the presence of God our righteousness peace and joy come through the power of the Holy Ghost the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain, and every man strives for the mastery, is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beats the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. That's boundaries. Keep focus on what God has called you to do. Keep your eyes on the prize. We want to make it to heaven. So if I want to make it to heaven, then I need to put boundaries around my life. Hallelujah. Think about those who train for years so that they can compete in the Olympic Games, so they can win a gold medal, so that they can say, I am the best in the world. They discipline their bodies. They get up early in the morning. They stay late. They train for hours upon hours. They fix their eyes on the gold medal. Their whole life is consumed in that, for that four-year thing that's going to happen. We need to do the same. Not to compete in the Olympics, but I've been born again to fight to obtain the incorruptible crown to be bring, to bring our carnal nature into subjections we need boundaries because of my love for my savior i strive for inner holiness i choose to have boundaries in my life nobody makes me have boundaries in my life but it's because of the love that i have for my god that i choose to put boundaries around my life it's not a matter of have to but it's a matter of I want to. I want to please my God. I want to please the lover of my soul. So I will refuse to do that and I'll refuse to go there and I will say no to this. 
because I love him and I want to serve him and I want to make it to heaven. Hallelujah. We need to have boundaries around our lives. And we need to sit down and work them out. If you've never done that, then sit down and write it down on a piece of paper and, and know it. This is what I will do, what I won't do. Where I will go, what I won't go. When you do that, it's not a matter of anything goes in our life. The other tribe that we can learn from are the Hivites. The Hivites were a people who lived a lifestyle that aligned itself with the systems of the world and were in conflict with the kingdom of God. They lived self-centered lives. First Peter 2 and 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him that has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The children of Israel failed to honor and respect that God had chosen them. That he had separated them to be holy and different from the Ike people that lived in Canaan. Why? So that through their lives they could manifest the glory and the honour of the living God and the majesty of their God. You and I have been born again into God's kingdom. We need to honour respect that God has chosen us, that he has called us out of darkness and into his marvellous light that he has called us to live different from the world. Why? So that through our lives, we can manifest the glory and the majesty of the God who wrapped himself in flesh and gave his life to redeem us back. You and I ought to talk different from the world, to look different from the world. We have different habits in the world. So many times it blows my mind how those without Christ act and what they do with no shame, no shame. I was driving to church this morning and, you know, the car in front of me, I stopped at lights ahead and I'm not against the animal party. I can't remember what it's called, save the animal party. But they had a thing on their back swing and then it had vegan like they'd taken the time, it was, pure, it was done really nicely. They had vegan written on the side as well. And I have nothing against vegans or the animal party. But I thought, I just looked at it and I said, and? Like, so? You're a vegan. You support the animal justice party. That's what it's called. And I thought, it just came, it's like, God, what am I like in promoting you? They are not ashamed of all the different things that they stand for. Am I ashamed of the word of God? Am I ashamed that I walk different, that I talk different, that I look different? No, I am thankful that God has chosen me and brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. You and I don't need to be ashamed of because of who we belong to. 
We don't march to the beat of this world's drum. And I'm thankful for that. The way that this world is going, the Bible says at the end days, the world is going to reel like a drunken man. And we are seeing that all around us. And as the world gets darker, the church needs to get lighter and brighter. We need to shine even more that the separation between us is even greater. That doesn't mean that we shy away from them. But the darkness there has no power over the light that we have. And that light comes from you and I. You and I are that light. We are a city on a hill. And the more that you and I shine, the brighter the light of Jesus is going to be. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. What you and I do matters. It's not about me. It's about him and his kingdom. I cannot live a self-centered life and please God. Philippians 2.4 says, Don't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That is contrary to what this society teaches. It teaches to look out for number one, but the word of God teaches us and Jesus exampled for us to do the opposite. Let us learn a lesson from the eight people. Let us live our lives in such a way that we teach an example to those coming after us how to fight, how to live a godly life, how to overcome the enemy and walk in the spirit rather than the flesh. And I'm not only speaking to parents right now, but everyone under the sound of my voice is an influence or can be an influence in someone else's life. Through your example, you can teach those around you and coming after you how to pray, how to have boundaries, how to live an unselfish life, how to put God first, how to live godly, how to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The older generation died in the wilderness. And as I was working on this sermon, I started to weep that that older generation were not around to help the next generation settle into the promised land. What would have happened if they'd prepared them for the fight? If they had taught them obedience and trust in Jehovah? when the Israelites were willing to fight, to trust in God and obey his word, they always won. God went before them and defeated their enemy. Yes, they had to fight, but there was no competition. God was fighting with them. When you and I are willing to fight, born again to fight, when we are willing to fight, to trust in God and obey his word, we will always have the victory. Amen. Always have the victory. 
The Bible says, Our thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always causes us to triumph in Christ. For you to have a victory, you have to fight. You have to say no. You have to stand. Hallelujah. We have to be willing to fight. You can't triumph without a battle. You and I have been born again to fight. So my message to you today is learn from the Ike people. Don't be like the parasites and have no boundaries in your life. Live your life with, for Christ and his kingdom. Be selfish, self, unselfish in your walk, in the way that you deal with others. Don't be like the Hivites. But let us learn from them today that God is interested in us having boundaries. God is interested in us to live an unselfish life. I know we get tired at times and we don't want to fight. But we can't not want to fight all the time. We've been put in his kingdom for a reason. You are in his kingdom for a reason. Hallelujah. God is calling us today to be willing to fight, to be a willing to stand and say, you know what? I'm going to be an example. I'm going to show those around me that you can live a victorious life, that you can be godly, you can live with boundaries. Hallelujah. Let's stand this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I know God is, God is speaking right now. I feel his presence. I pray that you just reach out to him right now. Hallelujah. Each one of us has an area in our life where we may have allowed our boundary down or we don't have one. Or our lives have been so consumed with other things like the Hivites that we have become selfish in the way that we live. Hallelujah. Let us not be like the older generation. Not showing them how to fight. Not being there when they crossed over. How sad that was for them that they never got to enter in, that they were never part of that fight that got them into the promised land. I want to be one of those. I don't want to stand in the sideline. I don't want to die in the wilderness because I'm not, wasn't willing to fight. I wasn't willing to obey and trust in God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't we lift our hands right now? Lord, we come before you this morning. God, I feel your presence in this room. Make us good soldiers, oh God. Let us put on the armor of God once again. 
oh God, for those, Lord, that have struggled and have been out of the fight, Lord Jesus, that today that we will make a commitment. I'm going to go back into the fight. That it's not about me, it's about his kingdom. That I'm willing to stand, I'm willing to fight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's presence is here. If you've never made a commitment to your life to Jesus, He is here this morning and opening His arms to you. Reach out for Him. His presence is here. Hallelujah. I'm going to open this altar just for a few moments. If you feel that you want to recommit to enter the fight, for God to cleanse you and make you focused once again on being a city on a hill. Let us come and pray and seek God's face this morning. Hallelujah.